We got an AFP extra on our hands tonight. We got Alex has a really hot take that he wants to share with us about his Dallas Cowboys. Take it away. Paying Dak Prescott $40 million a year, ladies and gentlemen, would be a huge mistake. So just let me clarify something. I understand that before he got hurt, he was performing as the best quarterback in the NFL. And before he got hurt, he was performing better than our favorites like Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You name it down the line. He was performing at a better level despite the team not winning games. So when you say, when you said before we went on air of, I'm not a fan of extending Dak Prescott, are you referring to the years? Are you referring to just the overall big number? So tell me how you feel about this, because I remember hearing the $40 million a year crapola, but the thing is that I've actually been very happy about is right now, um, being trying to be non-biased as a Chiefs fan, but when Mahomes signed that half a billion dollar deal, they say that Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL currently. So if someone wants to say, I want to get paid more than Mahomes, they're obviously full of themselves. But these negotiations were before Dak got paid. I was hoping that he wasn't going to get paid because I'm like, listen, if you're going to pay Dak 40, that means you're going to have to pay Mahomes more. But now that Mahomes has gotten paid, you can't pay him up to that level because guess what? He's won a Super Bowl, brought you back to another Super Bowl. And he was a league MVP. He's broken many records as well, all the records. Super Bowl, also one of three that has gotten 50 touchdowns plus in a Mm -hmm. year. So when we think of Dak Prescott, we know the potentials there. We know what he could do on the field. And we've also noted that the Cowboys had an ungodly amount of injuries. We're talking the offensive line, the defense. Uh, A lot of things just went wrong. It essentially is like uh, you put a little tiny stick of dynamite in a box, a styrofoam, and it just blows up everywhere. So with this contract, what are you thinking? And I just thought cut and dried, you said don't re-sign Dak. So could we be a little bit detailed on this? Because I'm blown away here. I'll certainly be detailed. Well, if they sign with – the length is not the problem, but – the problem is if they pay him too much money, number one, it's going to be impossible to re-sign C.D. Lamb because he's definitely going to be need to be kept. And we can't do anything in free agency. I mean, right now I'm amazed that even if, we have a, if they have a shot of getting J.J. Watt. But the problem with Dak Prescott, a lot of people have, have heard me say my words. I have nothing personal against the guy, okay? Obviously, last year, I mean, this past season, he obviously didn't have an offensive line, okay? you know, had no protection, but the problem is, I mean, yeah, I get it. He put up all these great stats, but what's, what we have to understand is a lot of these stats coming in garbage time. I mean, everybody has that, but this goes back into 2019. He would play good against bad teams, but when it came against good teams, that wasn't there. Okay. And it wasn't the same situation. There was still the offensive line. For Prescott, there's something that he struggles with. It, it, the accuracy of the passes. Now, obviously, he's not perfect. I can't say that Prescott needs to be a dude that can do things right all the time because there's no such thing as a player of that caliber. The problem with Prescott, 
okay, is that sometimes he has the habit of making unnecessary mistakes. Now, should I hate him for that? No. Should I destroy him for that? Like, no. I mean, that's fair criticism, but the fact that sometimes when he's under pressure, if he doesn't know what to do, I mean, that's a bad sign, okay? Now, what we have to understand, go back to, to the, I think this was this was, goes back to the offseason prior to 2019. He's offered all these deals, which are reasonable, but he turns them all down, okay? Things are, I mean, if at least three deals are already being turned down, I mean, you know things are not going right, What right? I mean, things are probably not even just going well. I mean, we don't even know what's going on. I mean, last report I heard is that the two sides are apparently nowhere near a deal, okay? So the, the bottom line is, I think Prescott, while he's put these respectable numbers, okay, if it's in garbage or if it's against it a bad team, I mean, that's one thing, okay? I do think Prescott has potential to change. I mean, first of all, he needs to stay healthy. Obviously, he, he needs a healthy offensive line, okay? And much like all quarterbacks, he needs a defense that can, that can actually help him out to take some of the pressure off of him. So I just think $40 million is not there. I mean, now that he's hurt too, if they had paid him, okay, if they did have paid him and then he gets hurt, the situation is now worse because now he becomes a major liability because when you have an injury like he like he had, now people are obviously saying it's healed great, but still that injury, that foot is not the same. I mean, that ankle is not the same. And if he gets hurt again and the Cubs are stuck with him, I mean, the situation is just even worse. I mean, either way, when it comes to re-signing a player to a long-term deal, there's, con- there's going to be consequences either way. I mean, not, I mean, it's not like you can expect nothing bad to happen. Either way, there's pressure. As far as uh, my concern, when you mention uh, win a playoff game, right, just remember that this is uh, – I mean, the last thing that I could think of is if you're saying that, oh, it's because he lost to the Green Bay Packers led by Aaron Rodgers, between the mediocre coaching by the Dallas Cowboys the last couple of years, which I also think has been a major factor – because I, if I had to go out of my way and say, hey, who are the coaches where you say, you know what, I do not want running the ship. Jason Garrett is up there. McCarthy is up there. I think the coaches that Jerry Jones, you know, I think they have, have to have this sort of mentality. I, let's be honest with you. As they call it, Jerry World. Jerry has to like you because there's got to be a certain thing about you. What this critique is, we don't know. But we just know that when you have a mediocre coach who is out there and he invites you over his house, guess what that means? He's going to pay for your meals, treat you like a king, and you're going to be leaving with a job in hand. You sign the contract right there basically after you wake up and have yourself uh, a good breakfast or a good lunch. It's not Dak's fault that these coaches that have been going in and Jason Garrett Peak probably – I want to say he should have been gone three years ago before his departure. I think the majority of Cowboy fans say yes to that, correct? He should have been gone after the 2013 season, after the Cowboys went 8-8 eight and eight for three straight years. Ah, so you even think before that. You see, I was being more concerned because I wasn't following the Cowboys much. So I say at least three. You're saying this is more towards seven or eight. Yeah. Exactly. So with that being said, right? As far as other arguments are concerned, again, playoffs, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, he is a bad, bad man. So I'm going to excuse that. As far as your other concerns that I got to say, yes, the offensive line needs to be healthy. However, if you look at the running backs, particularly this last class, right? 
One of the things that I would have not done is sign Ezekiel Elliott because of a couple of things. Number one, he has been a head case, and there's been a lot of times where he has caused problems off the field. They've yep. just been distractions. And then if you go by the amount of money he wants, now mind you, there's a lot of running backs that are going to demand a lot of money. They're, who knows what Leonard Fournette is going to ask? The Packer running backs that are free agents going into the market. You know what I mean? In my in my uh, opinion, unless your name is King Henry, you're not getting 15, 20 plus million dollars a year. And that's because he is, in my opinion, the most dominant running back in the NFL. And if you look at his offensive line, not one pro bowler. And everyone's like, whoa, he rushed for 2,000 yards. Yeah, with an offensive line that does not have one pro bowler. Compared to the Browns, which has the best offensive line in the NFL, if not the best top three. Going forward, Ezekiel Elliott was really just a, you know what, I just like you kind of thing. Well, guess what, Jerry? You married him. You're stuck with him. Because if you look at the last draft class for the running backs, all of them did very well. And if you look about last year, right? If we go by last year's performances, now I don't like comparing rookies to veterans, but just look at all the guys that did a great job running the ball. Jonathan Taylor, anybody? Yeah, he had a pretty good O-line in Indianapolis, though. You got to keep that in mind. Yes. Zeke okay, had that in so, 2016 as okay, well. So what about uh what about Antonio Gibson for Washington? Okay, his was not quite as good, but Gibson was a pretty Well if you look at well too. if you look at it, right? That you said offensive line, that is a guy who got a good amount of touches. And if you look at a problem going into it, all the Washington fans are concerned, okay, there's a lot of things on my mind that I'm concerned about. There was three things. Defensive backs, quarterback, offensive line. Problems with all three. Quarterback situation, let's see. One's chronically hurt, may not ever play again. Two mediocre guys, and an offensive line that could barely hold anything. I'm not saying they couldn't defend safety cones and park cars, but they were not great by any stretch of the means. There was a ton of running backs in front of Ezekiel Elliott and Jerry Jones married him. Your thought about CD about uh, CD Lamb. My only thought is is that if you include the option that CD's got, which is most likely going to be signed during that time, if you're going by a four year deal, you have a lot of time for CD to have before he reaches that free agency period. He's got one year under his belt. And even if that player was Justin Jefferson, I'm going to wait until that time comes. I'm not going to force it. So after a rookie year, it's like, oh, I'm thinking the extension of this rookie. Let's give it at least two or three more years before we start to really worry about it. The cap space I'm not too worried about. Also, just remember, Andy Dalton costs a pretty penny, whether you like it or not. And then, as far as other attributes or any guys coming in, I really think it's just going to come down to a good draft. For example, I remember Jerry Jones really liking uh, Tycho Charlton, and now it's a bust. That was humiliating. Yes. And I will admit, I was, I was, I was, I was in, 
amazed. And I was excited for Taco Charles. I mean, he did have potential. Got to give him that. It just did not work out. I mean, we could have had TJ Watt, but we chose Taco Charlton. That was just that was a mistake. Well, hey, just remember this: in the draft where you have Mahomes, Watson, and Trubisky, do you remember who the Titans took? I believe fourth overall. Nope. Corey Davis. Yeah, I don't know if you were serious or if that was a rhetorical question. So. <laughs> If you were asking, like, I don't know if it was a rhetorical question, but yeah, Corey Davis. And I hate to say it, but to me, I think that's a bust. Did you have Tannehill's not there and it's Mahomes or Watson? You have him and King Henry on the same offense? That would be something. The best quarterback and the best running back on the same team? Well, the thing is, if you had Mahomes and Henry on the same offense, I don't think Henry's putting up quite the astronomical numbers. You'd have to design your offense a lot differently at that point. But I just think that the talent is there and the winning is there. And it's a force to reckon with. And then, and I see Mahomes work with guys uh, that are not Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Now, this is not me toot my own horn, but if you go by Deshaun Watson, he's worked with guys that have not been big names. He's worked with guys when his star wide receiver has been hurt. Will Fuller is injury prone. And after this year, right, we could talk a lot about Texans, but if you look at the receivers that got hurt, got released, suspended, the tight ends that they're trying to find an answer to, it's a big impact. If Watson and Derrick Henry are on the same offense, that's just a dual threat you can't prepare for almost. Yeah, that would become a pick your poison. But back to the Prescott thing, I can kind of see it both directions. Part of me says that, you know, just because it's your turn to get paid doesn't mean you get the most money. So I can see the Cowboys side. But on the other side, you have to wonder, if you don't bring Prescott back, you're going to be wandering through quarterbacks for a long time. And from the early 2000s, there were all sorts of guys between Aikman and Romo. You had Quincy Carter, Clint Sterner, Drew Henson. You had the Bill Parcells nostalgia effect with Bledsoe and Vinny Testaverde and (laughs) – Finally, you get Romo in there, and he held the job for years. And in my opinion, not built around properly and underappreciated. Thank you. And let me tell you something. I will say this. As a football fan, am I wrong by saying that there is a one point where Tony Romo was the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL. No doubt about it. No, this dude would break his back, broke his collarbone, okay, for this team. And there are fans out there who have the audacity to say such disrespectful things about him. I mean, you know what? I would tell people if you think – Including the own fan base. Including the own goddamn fan base. I'm sorry for the language, but, you know, I'm sorry. But when when I think about all the fans that would disrespect my quarterback, who was Tony, I mean, it's pathetic, you know. 
Like, so it's his fault that he has no offensive line. It's his fault if the defense couldn't stop a freaking peewee team. It's his fault if the if the right receiver can't catch the ball on a perfectly run pass. Yeah, I remember he led a comeback against the 49ers with a punctured lung. Well, for a choke artist, he has more than 10 come from behind. I think he has a he has a I think he has a, I swear I think he has at least 30. For a, well, I don't know exactly how much he has, but for a choke artist, Tony Romo did have a lot of come from behind wins. And he also, if did. you remember, he was robbed of one of them because Terrell Owens decided to be a yo-yo and decided to take the football and pretend to sleep on it, and it was called back, and they lost that game. Do you remember that? I, I, remember, I remember I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember the celebration, but not, not the quite game. the game. Was it the divisional game against the Giants in 2007? No. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. I forgot who it was, but I remember he tried to sleep on the ball. They called it unsportsmanlike conduct and called it back, which I'm actually glad they fixed that because also, don't we also have to go with uh, the Dez caught it? The, cow- the Cowboys curse is for real, man. Okay, I'm going to chime in on this real quickly. I have a theory about the NFL. I have a theory that if one team benefits from a bad call one week, they have to be screwed by the officials the next week. Hear me out on this one. If you remember the week before the Dez caught it game, it was the wild card game against Detroit. And we had the Anthony Hitchens play where he just – his face is turned to Brandon Pettigrew and he runs through him and no pass interference was called on it. And it was I actually mean, two fouls on that play. Pettigrew had his hands um, had his hands on uh, Anthony Hitchens' face mask. So, I mean, either way, it, whether it was ha- illegal hands to the face or face mask, there wasn't there was in fact a penalty on Hitchens, but there was also a penalty on Pettigrew. So the re- so what should have happened is the referee should have called both fouls. And in that case, the result is the, pen- the penalties are offset. So Detroit has another chance. Now, yeah. So the problem was, I mean, Dallas did get away with it, but the problem is, I mean, it, and the referee was right there, and he didn't, he didn't even call it correctly. Yes, and then there was enough. Remember 2017, the AFC Championship game with the Jaguars and the Patriots, and there was the whole Miles Jack wasn't down, the whole thing. I'm not going to get into that necessarily. But then you look at the Super Bowl with the Eagles, and – Patriots fan will complain about this game to this day. Personally, the, the they might catch? have a le- the Clement catch. Yes, I will say that was a legitimate. Miss that was a legitimate uh, screwed call. That, yes. that was. So that listen, was. I wanted them. That to was lose. compensating for the Jacksonville game. But the other plays that people go on about from that game are the Zach Ertz when he dives into the end zone. I mean, that was clearly a touchdown, and it just made me think. Shut up, Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> Okay, but also, if you remember, going back on it, here's what happens. Because the problem with this is there's the two-step rule where you have to catch it left foot, right foot, or vice versa. And if you dive across the end zone, it is a catch. Same thing where if you catch the ball, run two steps, you're in fair ground. If you drop the ball or it slips out, it is a live ball fumble. So the controversy was, and Steeler fans are going to hate this because this was, again, against the Patriots. 
Mm-hmm. One foot, two foot, dive across the end zone. The ball falls out. They rule it incomplete. But what happened was Zach Ertz dived across the end zone. The ball went up in the air, and he caught it again. That was was the review. So even if they wanted to call it incomplete, the fact that he recaught the ball that he fumbled, if he didn't catch that, then they're probably going to rule incomplete because the rule wasn't modified until the next season. And even now, if you saw the last Washington football game in playoff time, that Mm -hmm. touchdown throw by Heineke, that was a Fugazi call. I was rooting for Washington, but that was not a catch. Yeah. It was not a catch. The fact that we are in 2021 now, and we still do not know what a catch is, Back to the main point, with Dak Prescott, there's so much that you can, I mean, you can't predict everything. As far as salary cap, with it going down, I completely understand your feelings. But essentially, from what you're telling me is the money per year is where you draw the line and say, I'm sick of it. So what is the number you're thinking of? So are we thinking like probably five years is probably what we're thinking of, right? Well, for Prescott, well, the problem, you know, after 2019, I would have said five years, but the problem is, you know, he got hurt. And like I said, the injury, I want to be honest. I've said things about Prescott really that were bad mistakes. And, and, you know, I'm an honest guy. If I make mistakes, I go back, I apologize and say, and everybody says, well, you know, at least you're admitting it because apparently a lot of podcasters don't do that. But anyway, I would say, obviously, three years is really not... I mean, three years would probably be good, but I really don't think Prescott wants... I mean, Prescott wants to be locked in. I mean, Prescott wants to go years without having to worry about this anymore. But because Pres, uh, excuse me, Dak Prescott is, is coming off a horrible injury, I, I would have said, you know what? He needs to... If he accepts this tag, the reason why it's good for him is because, look... We need to see if he can if he can stay healthy. I mean, if he plays better, if the offensive line is is improved, like if the, if the Lyle Collins, Tyron Smith, and some of the other, and the you know, the other guys, you know, Zach Martin stay healthy, and some of the newer guys are able to actually learn the position well and get better, Prescott can can be better. I mean, he'll be protected, but Prescott still has to work on his accuracy because the accuracy is still a cause for concern. Well, so is Lamar, but guess what? So is Lamar? Yeah, he's going to be trying to get them a Super Bowl. It's just what is, and he's the best option available. Mm-hmm. Going forward, right? So, but when okay. it comes to I a quarterback, what you're quarterback. saying, but let's not have a Kirk Cousins situation. We're gonna just keep up in the ante, trying to put their money where their mouth is. And let me tell you something: you, everybody knows that I said on these podcasts multiple times that the worst owner in North American sports is Dan Snyder of the Washington Football Team. He did not want Kirk Cousins to succeed. He goes, "Oh, I'll find our quarterback, and he's not the greatest one." Well, guess what? He proved everybody wrong multiple times, kept franchise tagging them to the point where they're just like, you know what? Why don't we give you all this money and we're going to guarantee it for you? You know what I mean? Basically, guess what? They're like, oh, we want you to get paid more than what you're getting paid now. So you take our offer. We'll think that we're going to. And guess what? Is he worth ways getting paid the last probably four years? I don't think so. Compare him to the R quarterbacks. If you say top 10, you're like, wait, I got to really think about it. And unfortunately, 
there's been a lot of bad quarterbacks in the NFL the last couple of years where Kirk Cousins may crack everybody's top 10 list on the low spectrum. But it's just what it is. If you keep franchise tagging them, eventually you're going to get to 40 million. You're going to get to the, what I think is going to be the Deshaun Watson type money. So my thought is that if you, if they somehow just go on this contract, right. And just say, listen, four years, if it's the Sean Watson money and it's structured and they say, you know, it's incentive based all this. Like if you look at the Mahomes contract, it's like, okay, half a billion dollars, but he only gets X amount. If he does certain things, like he's got to be MVP to get this amount of money, get to a Super Bowl, this amount of money, be Super Bowl MVP to get this. There's all these tiers and it basically unlocks rewards. It's like, Hey, you grease the hinges, the door opens, you get paid. There's so many ways you could structure this deal, but I think priority number one is having him back. And I'm pretty sure Josh might agree. And he's a Texans fan who is thinking that his quarterback is taking him hostage right now. I'm not sure exactly what you're asking here, but my thought is... Do you think that Dak should be back and that's priority one for the Cowboys? You know, I guess you have to make your final decision on what you're going to do with him. If you don't believe that he's the long-term guy, you should try and trade him, at least get what you can for him, because you know some team will pay him, but you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you're paying a good quarterback, elite quarterback money, because that's going to hamstring your team. And I think that's Alex's point. Exactly. I think if you paid Zeke six years, you got back at least four. The problem is the Cowboys know that the the, the Zeke thing was a mistake, so the Cowboys can't avoid making that mistake again. Yeah. But have adequate supporting cast. And of course, a lot of Cowboy fans are teasing the idea of sign Prescott, whatever, and then trade him to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. Like, okay, well, first of all, it's it's uh, that's if that if that does happen, it'll be like, I mean, I don't even know how, how I could possibly react to such a trade, but I don't see the Cowboys sending Prescott down to the to down to Houston and then get bringing Deshaun Watson back uh, up here to North Texas. I mean, obviously, I, I heard it was Dak in a first round pick. If it's Dak in a first round pick, well, I mean, if that happens, the Cowboys should accept it and say no refunds. I'd, if I'm the Texans, like you need at least two first round picks for me to make this deal with a quarterback coming off your injury and all that. The thing is, you know, at least you'd have some quarterback that could get Texans fans excited, though I'm sure they'd still probably be bummed. Although I'd rather go for what the Panthers would say if they offered three in McCaffrey, because McCaffrey would sell jerseys and excite people too. And, you know, you have more exactly. capital to build around. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I had considered. If you look at how much Teddy's owed, if you release him tomorrow, he's only owed $3 million. Compared to like 20, I think. So it's like, okay, you got 20 something million dollars. I release you tomorrow. Boom, $3 million in dead cap. It's basically the same thing as Jimmy G. You figure out what the hell you want to do with this guy. If he's even worth my time. And guess what? Imagine being Matt Rule and you got Watson in your lap. Bring the hammer, boys. Matt has ruled. Deshaun, welcome. Let's grab some barbecue. Carolina barbecue. Yes. 
that was an unexpected turn for an extra meant to be about Prescott. So just to wrap everything up right here, Alex says, no, no Prescott. AJ says, you need to keep him because you have no better options. I'm still like, let's wait and see. Let's try and talk him down a little bit. I, I, this is what I would do. And this is the same thing when you are a commissioner of a sport and you are talking with the players union. Now, this isn't like baseball where you uh, dance around and hold hands and, you know, go around in circles for months. This is what I would do. Go to a hotel, grab yourselves two bedrooms, and guess what you do? You wake up, you get ready, you meet at a table. It doesn't matter. You can order as much food as you want. Nobody leaves that goddamn table until a deal's done. You want to bring a lawyer, you want to bring your mother, you want to bring an agent, I don't care. Nobody leaves that damn room until a deal's done. That should be the way this should be handled. Is there leverage on both sides? Is there a little bit of sympathy both sides? Yes. Is this the best situation? Is it pretty? Is the cap situation going up? It's going down. All sides are affected here, and it just comes down to something's going to have to give eventually. So the fact that no one's going to leave that table other than using the bathroom that's connected to that office, that's just how this should be done. You're like a guy in a hotel room to sign autographs until his hands hurt. We're signing a contract that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Come on, come on. Time's going around. You want lunch? Fine. You want a bottle of wine? Fine. Let's get this done. Keep moving. I mean, got to get it done quick. I mean, whatever decision made him, you know, get it over with. I mean, before the draft, for crying out loud. I mean, it's not like the Cowboys can get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Wilson out of Ohio State. You have a better chance of me piloting a plane than them even thinking that they could shake his hand, let alone put a jersey on him. That's just flat out. There's only one way that this could happen. That is Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. That You could basically tattoo it on you. As far as the other quarterbacks that are coming in, and from what I'm thinking with all the lack of combine, everything else, it's like, it's like imagine Trevor Lawrence, next big thing, and then everything else below him from all these skeptical scouting reports it's like straight up b team is the best case scenario i like how you put that in perspective Ed. nobody nobody leaves until this is, this is done nobody nobody leaves this office until it's done because after realizing of some of the things i got wrong i i basically would remind the folks getting even if the cowboys got a rookie quarterback that doesn't change anything because you know what? You, you're back at the drawing board. I mean, you got a guy who at least has experience. Okay. And experience is important. Knows the system, knows the head knows coach, the knows his teammates, has practice with them, knows what routes are good, knows what plays to call the calm, the collectiveness, the clutch, the composure, the drive, the thrill. And not only that, but Regardless of the injury, I still think Dak will be mobile. And some of these quarterbacks, I have no idea what they are on their legs. They always grow and uh, scout up how they are thrown in the pocket. 
there's just so many different things. And if you're in a win now mode, like the Cowboys think all you need is to have defense better with some coaching and have your quarterback healthy. You have to try this out because otherwise guess what you're going to do. You're going to stay mediocre or middle of the pack for another couple of years. And once again, you're going to go at home under your pillow and pray to the man upstairs that Jerry Jones puts another man in charge. Otherwise, you're going to be celebrating like those guys that peaked in the 90s saying, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl every year. And guess what? For those Cowboy fans that are going to say, hey, I think my Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, hire good coaches, get good players on the team. Actually, you know, have football IQ, perform. Act. And if you want to shut me up, I'll take my losses with grace. But so far, you haven't even gotten past the next round. I'll give you a pass if you're facing a team like Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But if you want it that badly, you got to do it. You got to make the actions go round. And so far, every single year they try win it all, run the table on everybody. They fall short because they do it to themselves. Whether if it's Jerry Jones or the coaching or somebody else, they just naturally have the tendency of kicking their own ass. That's the culture there. Yeah, well said. And the first order of business is Jerry needs to be needs to step down as GM. Well, you could also say that about the Bengals. Only two football owners where they are owner and GM. If I'm correct. Yeah, it sounds about right. I actually made this comment on Alex's show some time ago that Cowboys have become a country club atmosphere. Ever since Jimmy Johnson left, it's just been, you know what? You've been here a little while. You're in. It's good. You're not having guys competing for their positions every day. And you know the guys like Belichick, that's what they're doing. You're competing every day for your spot. Pete Carroll, he's making those guys compete every day. Matt Flynn has a big contract. Too bad. We got someone better in the third round. How dare you not tell your son that the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl? What are you doing to that child? Reprimand him. The, the, Cow- the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl in 2021. What is wrong with you of how you're raising your child? Reprimand him. Uh, he, kick him out of the club. What garbage. Country club atmosphere. You mean they're salty snobs? Not Alex, obviously, but come on. It's just, it's a frustrating, it's just frustrating being a Cowboys fan, but, you know, there's so many shit going on. I mean, it's hard hard to know exactly where to start, but for me, it's like, well, we need a new GM. It's funny how, I mean, outside of last year, haven't the last couple of years it's been kind of, you know, even think about it. The Texans were an expansion team and they still had more hope than the Cowboys at times. Yeah. Well, just a Cowboy fan. Just hope for the best. That's all <laughs> really I can say from the fan perspective, but t- t- tell you what, if the Cowboy fans win the Super Bowl this year, I'll buy a Brock Osweiler jersey. 
a Texans Brock Osweiler jersey. You know, the only man that I could think of outside Dak once throw a fumble. Oh, the Brock Osweiler Texans jerseys. How that became a thing a few weeks ago. Brock uh, Island. The best thing about Brock Osweiler in a Texans uniform was all the gifts whenever he'd run for a first down. And you just see a giraffe running. <laughs> oh, man, it was great. It's because he was just so lanky. Like, he didn't have the size to take hits. He did not. I remember whenever the Texans signed him, I was one of the few people who thought this is not going to go well. And I was right. You know, couldn't if he convert over the wide receiver, you think? No. You don't think so? I don't think he had enough to run the routes. Now, if you want to run like end zone fades, that sort of thing. Maybe he could have been useful for that every once in a while. But like you said, he's got so much exposed body. He couldn't go over the middle at all. Uh, Chris Collinsworth, but we kind of know what happened to him mentally. I mean, it's easy to tell in the booth. Here's a guy who just says a lot of rambly things on Sunday night football. Now here's a guy, he catches the football. He runs over the middle. He gets tackled over here and, Oh, this guy has up the whole program. Flag is called. It's Brady. We know where this is going. And I don't know, Joe, uh, what do we got here? Here's a guy. He's great. He's wonderful. And back to you. And I'm Joe Buck, and I'm taking another shot of tequila. <laughs> While dyeing his hair. Oh, boy. I did Ser- not expect seriously. that to come out of this segment. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Joe Buck looks like an adult visual IRL of Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. That's what he looks like. When he dyes his hair blonde, he looks like freaking real life Beavis. You cannot change my mind. I'm still not sure how we got on that from Dak Prescott's contract. Well, we got carried away. It's sports culture. What can I say? Sports culture. It's the art art of sports. It's sports culture. Yep. But, you know. (laughs) I mean, I I made the vow. If Prescott is signed, he does great. If he proves me wrong, I will go on my show and I will say I was wrong. Prescott proved that he is good. Here I am admitting that I was wrong, doing what a lot of people don't have the guts to do, and I was wrong. I was a hater. He proved me wrong. There we go. Keep it up, Dak. Just keep doing it. Keep proving the haters wrong, buddy. And everybody knows my best. The Cowboys win it all this year. Brock Osweiler jersey. Yes. We're going we're gonna to mark that. February 22nd, 2021. Expiration date, well, if they do get eliminated from the playoffs or they don't make you, whatever the case may be, realistically speaking here, not Hayden, obviously the gloves are off and I win that bet. I've I've had some similar ones, but with the football ones, I've been pretty good with. Baseball one, a little different. So (laughs) anything else? I think I think we got all covered, right? I think so. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. A- any comments, Dex? 
No, I can't possibly think of what else hasn't been covered. The only thing I might say is just late in the season, Andy Dalton was leading the team to win. So you might, Dak might think of himself as irreplaceable, but I don't think he is. I think they could get another decent quarterback who, while he wouldn't be as effective, could still win you games. Now I'm not sure if it's the greatest route to take, but I might favor going for a cheaper veteran than overpaying for a guy like Dak if he demands it. Obviously, Dan Snyder was shrewd when he let Cousins go. And, well, Minnesota, the returns have been mixed. Maybe, Maybe Snyder was crazy like a fox when he let a viable starter go. We know he's crazy, but moving on. Crazy or crazy like a fox? That's the question. Sick in the head. Well, regardless. So I guess the other side of the coin is this. If Dak is completely let go and he hits the free agent market, which I think that if that's going to happen, at least let him have him explore the free agent, the free agency along with all the other quarterbacks, not just wait to deadline be like, eh, forget you. Because if he doesn't sign that tag, is it true that he's basically a free agent? I think he would be an unrestricted free agent. I think that would be the case. So who would sign Dak and then who's the replacement for the Cowboys? Do you stick with Dalton on another one-year deal to see if he could get done? And then where does Dak go? Well, there might be other options than just Dalton. You could have Cam Newton, potentially, who would be available. Or people might shrug at this one, but Trubisky. Truly, I think Trubisky is hated more than he should be. While he's not anything special, he's shown he can get it, get the job done. And, you know, if you provide him with good receivers like the Cowboys do have and offer him rebuild the line to give him some protection, I think he could be effective. And you'd pay him maybe $5 million or something like that. I think the situation was similar because if you look at, right, take out where he was drafted because I think that's the one thing that everything, everyone holds it against him. It's, hey, Mitch Trubisky, oh, you mean the guy that was drafted before Deshaun and Mahomes? He's never going to live past it because everyone in the media shoves that down his throat. So with that, I think it's a similar system, constant amount of tight ends, we know that. Uh, Robinson, good wide receiver. Mooney, good wide receiver. I mean, I guess, but I think it's just a similar situation and the coaching and GM is just bad. I think that's kind of uh, an eye for an eye of the sort. Anybody else thinking? Well, well, just to wrap it up for me, if if, if we're still talking about Prescott, I think Prescott signed the franchise tag is a precaution and the Cowboys really do need to take a bit of precaution with Prescott regarding the future. But like I said, I mean, when it comes to signing a player, especially a quarterback to a long-term deal, I mean, either way, it's a risk. There's going to be consequences. I mean, it's, it's inevitable, but it's been, it's been like that for a long time. Fair enough. All right. So, any final thoughts? I think this extra segment has been very extra, maybe a little too extra. <laughs> a very extra. I'm good.
Yeah, we did get all the bases covered, and, and, and we did go into great detail, but you know what? Sometimes you have to do it. You got you, you to gotta prove your points. Cheers to that. Definitely. So on behalf of Alex Alcazaz and AJ Torres, I'm Josh McSwain. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.